Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Still a pandemic. Still no live theater. But that's soon to change. On this special advocacy slash legislation update episode of Go See a Show, I have two of the leaders of the League of Independent Theater, or LIT. And if hearing the words advocacy slash legislation sounds boring to you, well, this update has info on how we can all start to perform again in just a couple of months. I'll let these community leaders introduce themselves and the new opportunities for indie theater making coming to New York City. Take a listen. Welcome, welcome back to go see a show for at least one of you. Um, I don't think, yeah, well, I'll have to search the archives. You can tell me. Uh, welcome to go see a show. I have with me two of the folks who are running the League of Independent Theater, which if you are not yet a part of, we'll talk about how you become a part of that before the end of this recording. But uh, please introduce yourselves. Amy, who are you? Hi, I'm Amy Todorov. I'm the managing director of the League of Independent Theaters. She, her, speaking from the unceded ancestral lands of the Muncie Lenape. And you have been on Gosia's show before. Guy, have you? I don't believe I've had the pleasure. I don't I'm think so glad so. you're finally here. Uh, Guy and I have been friends and known each other and worked with Lit for so long, so it's great to finally have you on mic. Let us know who you are and what you do with Lit. Sure. My name is uh, Guy Yedwab, but pronouns are he, him. I'm the president of the board of directors of the League of Independent Theater, and I'm also uh, on the uh, ancestral te- territory of the Muncie Lenape. And if you are a longtime listener to this podcast, you have likely heard at some point me plugging the League of Independent Theater, how you should get involved and uh, how the League is working to advance the interests of indie theater makers and indie theater companies throughout the city. But uh, we actually had a really great success uh, that was in large part achieved by LIT and uh, other collaborators in city government um, to allow us to start to make theater again in these, our pandemic times. So uh, the open culture legislation recently passed city council. I was, you know, one of the foot soldiers calling up city council to advocate for it, but I must admit, I'm not an expert on this stuff. And that's why I have Guy and Amy here to help explain. So uh, open culture, what the heck is it guys? Let us know what this legislation does and why it's so great for indie theater makers. It is a very exciting piece of legislation that allows theater makers to access the Open Streets program to perform and to generate a little bit of income through tickets for performances. You can perform on the city streets, uh, in the public space. It's an easy application process, and one of the big changes uh in addition to just being allowed to use open streets, is that previously any public outdoor performance uh, was not allowed to charge tickets. You can now charge tickets. So this is a real opportunity for our indie theater makers to maintain a connection with their community, to keep their work 
uh, alive and active in the public space and to activate our streets in a way that is healthy for the communities and for the people that they are reaching out to serve. You get to go out and present the work that you do that is so important to the lifeblood of New York City. And while we know that this is not the end-all, be-all solution to all of the problems that the pandemic has raised, all of the uh, ongoing issues that have been exposed by the pandemic in terms of the sustainability of artists working in New York City, we do feel like this is a, a little glimmer of light in this dark time to let artists get out there and use the open streets to perform and to bring culture back to New York City. So I can just go out on the street now and perform and I can charge tickets? What? Well, That's not exactly it, of course. I'm playing a course. bit dumb. Uh, so you mentioned the open streets. In case yeah. anybody hasn't been or hasn't seen these yet or there isn't one close by to where you live, the open streets program that the city instituted toward the start of the pandemic to allow a little bit more room out in the public space for people to – get outside and walk and see their neighbors in a socially distanced way. Those are the streets that are now open to this, right? Like it's those spaces? That is correct. Uh, it is uh, spaces specifically operated by the Department of Transportation. So that does include transit plazas, uh, which can be a little tricky because you might see a plaza and think, oh, I can perform there. One of the things that uh, we hope to push forward forward in legislation in the future is to expand this into public parks. But as of right now, it only applies to the open streets. So any place that uh, includes transit plazas, streets, parking lots that are already designated an open street. Gotcha. So so who can do this, though? Like, Guy, if can can I just go can I just go do this? So there is going to be an application process. Uh, our, our, uh, our, the legislation says that it's going to need to be a one-stop application, uh, that it's going to cost no more than $20, uh, and that you know it should be something very easy and quick uh, to, to um, get to. It's not every single person uh, uh, from who can apply. Uh, there's, there's some eligibility requirements that uh, you can apply if you uh, run a cultural venue. Uh, if you've received a cultural development fund grant in the past uh, or been funded by any of the borough arts councils in the last two years or if you're sponsored by one of those other eligible organizations. So let's say I'm a, you know, stand-up comedian and I've never gotten a grant from the city before, but I work at a, uh, a comedy club that has been funded in the past and is willing to sponsor me, then I would be able to as well. So, you know, while we're always fighting to get as many people through the door and as many people uh, eligible and, you know, we'll, we'll keep looking at ways to make it even more accessible. Uh, I think that with the ability to be sponsored by arts councils or other, you know, uh, uh, other funded organizations, there's a lot of opportunity for people, uh, performers and, and venues to be eligible. Oh boy, arts councils. Have I been funded? Uh, like an application process? This all sounds really confusing. What do I do, guys, if I'm just 
I, you know what? My little indie theater company, we're, I guess we're sort of fiscally sponsored, but you know, we haven't put something up in a couple of years, but we really want to make something because we've all been pent up and we haven't even gotten to see some theater outside of Zoom. Who, who do I talk to? If I just want to, I just want to make something, man. Who do I talk to? Well, there's two steps uh, to this process right now. The first is, is the space that you want to perform in an open street? If it is, great, you can move on to step two. But if it's not, then you need to contact your council member to get that street certified as an open street. We are happy to connect you with your council member, uh, but it's also an easily Googleable Googleable uh, thing to find if you don't know who your council member is. Uh, you simply identify the space that you want to work in, and if that street meets a set of five criteria, which are fairly straightforward, then the DOT will affirmatively consider that an open street, and you will then uh, be able to move on to step two of the application process to perform. So first things first, you have to get the street designated an open street. There is a deadline for that for January 19th. The request has to be in by the 19th, but all you need to do is contact your council member to request the block, and they have all the information. However, if they are a little confused or not sure what to do, you can always reach out to LIT, and we can provide you with a one-sheet that we can forward on to your council member to help work through the process of getting that street to become an open street. Info at L-I-T-N-Y dot O-R-G. Perfect. Yes. Now, the application to actually perform for open streets is not yet available. It's still being written. But per LIT's continued advocacy, uh, we have been pushing for this legislation to be as open and accessible and easy as possible since the very beginning. We are continuing to work towards creating an application that is a series of very easy yes or no style questions. Do you qualify? Do you agree to maintain uh, social distancing and safe public health practices? Will you adhere to all local laws uh, so there won't be anything that would otherwise be considered illegal? Uh, being performed on the street, which still gives us quite a wide uh, range of things that we can perform, <laughs> and that there uh, there will be no content judgment in terms of the application. So the Department of Transportation does not get to decide what art gets performed or what art they think is good. It's There's no 2020 <laughs> Open Streets Festival with uh, curation by Mayor de Blasio, no? No, no. No, it is just, do you qualify? Do you agree to be safe? Yes, yes, check the box. You should be able to get your approval. And we are uh, pushing for an approval turnaround time of five days. Awesome. Uh, again, all of that is still in the works. That's still being written down and set in stone. But we are hoping that that is what the permit processing will be. So maybe a bit more of an existential question here, but um, why? 
Why open culture? Why are we doing this? I mean, there, I've heard of some people just going out and doing their thing anyway and hoping they don't get caught or questioned or stopped by the police. Like, why should I go through this $20 permit? And uh, maybe they are going to try to say that my production of uh, Dr. Faustus shouldn't be out on 34th Avenue in Jackson Heights, Queens. Why? Like, why should I apply for this? So I, I think that um, you, you mentioned a couple things in there, uh, one of which uh, has to do with policing uh, and, you know, the, the very real risk that you expose to yourself and your artists uh, that you're working with uh, if you decide to use public space that you haven't been granted to. Uh, you know, so, some people are, are true rebels and are going to, you know, fight in the way that they want to fight. But, you know, I, I would recommend everyone give a, a long thought about what that um, what that means. That I recall that in my neighborhood in Park Slope, SWAT team did break up a string concerto a couple this months is ago. True. Uh, I remember that Gothamist article, oh right? Gosh. And so you know that's not something that you want to bring as a risk to anyone. Um, the other portion is safety. You know, I, I think that when we you know we're all dying to reopen. And for us to really, truly be reopened, we actually have to beat this coronavirus thing, right? And so, to me, putting it into structures where we know that there's traceability and safety in these performances uh, is going to be not only allowing us to perform now, but bringing, building that world in which we get to go back to more performance more normally in the future. This is why I love having intelligent people on the podcast. You give out these well-reasoned answers to my very dumb questions. Uh, Robbie, that is not, that is an incredibly (laughs) smart question. I do want to add one more point. I've been working on open culture for so long that I feel like I I have this wealth of information. But one of the, the things that we are also working with to provide in open culture is signage. So that goes a long way towards creating community relationship and addresses a lot of issues of community consent. If, if they can see, if your community can see that this is part of a city-approved program, that this performance is legal, it also signals to them that there is some structure and some thought put in place to what you're performing, That's a really then you're going to have a much better relationship with your community. Yeah. And also hopefully get more eyeballs on your art. Absolutely. And I was going to say on that point, and I think this comes secondary to safety and, and security, but also uh, at the same time that the open culture was passed, there's legislation that will create an application that people can use to find performance, that audience members can use to find performance. We don't have a lot of details yet about that, and that's another thing that's that's in the works. Uh, but, you know, there, there may be some good marketing and, and com- you know, communicating the fact that there is a performance and, and reaching new people uh, for participating in this program. So all of this is pretty, pretty incredible uh, that Lit has been uh, on the vanguard of making this stuff happen, working with city council members and, and actively getting legislation passed that is going to open up art for not just indie theater makers, but indie artists of all stripes. So uh Big thank you to both of you for all your work on this, but I would love to hear what else because, you know, lit uh, leadership apparently never sleeps. So what else are you working on right now? So I'll hop in. Uh, One of the funny sort of 
this is the way that advocacy works is, you know, Amy had been doing a really uh, heroic job of pushing on uh, uh, city leaders to advance open culture, going back to the very early days of, of this shutdown. At the same time, I was really working on this current rent crisis. Um, so for those of you who don't run your own independent theater venue, the, the venues that you're typically working in uh, usually are renting from a landlord. Uh, and since March 13th, when everything closed down, they have been continued to, re- you know, continually required to pay rent month after month. Uh, and they are not allowed to host performance. Um, so if you can imagine being in that situation of making no income and being able to, being asked for rent, which I'm sure on an individual basis, everyone is, uh, many people are <laughs> in that boat as well. Too many familiar with, yes. Uh, so we were working on that on the, on the commercial side, as well as participating in kind of the larger cancel rent movement. Um, the funny thing about the way our advocacy works is that it was at our big cancel, cancel rent town hall last summer, the council member Van Bramer said, hey, we, we should look at opening up culture on the streets. Um, and so the, these two... Uh, these two processes have been really going uh, alongside. So we've been pushing both for coronavirus rent relief for the closed venues, as well as commercial rent stabilization to control rents for those arts organizations in the long term and protect their long term futures. And as we've all learned uh, through 2020, democracy waits for no pandemic and we still have to elect our leaders. We just elected national leaders and state leaders this past November. But 2021, friends and family, is going to be a citywide election. So let's get started on our – how do you say annual but for four years? Is there a term for that? Um, (laughs) Quad annual? I don't know. Quadrennial. Quadrennial. I like that. I'm going to go with that. I like the sound of it. Uh, Our quadrennial meet the candidates forum. So watch out. Um, Hold the date. Save the date. March 23rd, 2021. uh, In a digital format yet to be determined, the League of Independent Theater will be hosting candidates for citywide races, mayor, public advocate, controller, as well as for possibly for borough presidents, as well as – many council districts uh, around the city. So we will be speaking to candidates. We'll be getting their views and their thoughts on how to not only keep the arts alive in the city, but also to push forward and make everything even better for those of us who make stuff here in the city. March 23rd, pencil it in. Robbie, can I mention one other initiative that Lit has just started to work on? I would love it if you did. I would be disappointed if you didn't, Amy. (laughs) As Guy uh, pointed out, so much of our advocacy dovetails, and we have started reaching out to state lawmakers that we have been forming relationships with through our city uh, advocacy work. And one of the things that we are doing that people listening can do right now is we are calling for a state Senate hearing on reopening guidelines for theater. We're not asking for a specific time frame in terms of when we reopen. That will be determined by medical professionals. What we're asking for is guidelines, the way other sectors have received clarity in terms of what they can expect so that we can plan. Our sector, independent artists are often invisible 
to people who are making up policy. This is our opportunity to get our needs on the record and to let our state lawmakers, who are the ones that are in charge of reopening for the entire state, to hear what we need so that we can plan for success for our eventual eventual reopening. And you can sign on to that letter in support of a Senate hearing at our website. Uh, it is litny.org. Amazing. Any other last minute uh, thoughts or uh, info on open culture or other lit initiatives, y'all? So one thing I'll say is that on all of these things, uh, <laughs> to say that things move quickly is a dramatic understatement that you would normally see in your first year of drama school. Yeah, Uh, legislation is all about the hurry up and wait, right? Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you want to know about more of this in the future, um, membership in the League is free and it's open to basically anyone who works in or runs uh, independent theaters. Or Um, even attends independent theater. If you're just a fan, you can also be a part of Lit. Yeah, and we also have some affiliates from, you know, adjacent uh, worlds that that we keep in touch with uh, as part of coalition building. Uh, But one of the big things of that is that you'll be on our mailing list. You'll be able to see we have a open culture, frequently asked question page. We try to let people know about coronavirus resources as they come up. So uh, we definitely welcome you to uh, join our our community. Amazing. Amy, Guy, thank you both for all of your advocacy, everything that you all do for Indie Theater in New York City. And thank you for taking a little time to speak for the long dormant but still not dead go see a show much like the indie theater uh, sector it's been a little quiet around here but uh you can't you can never get rid of us thank you i'm really excited i'm really excited that open culture provides the ability for people to go see a show Uh, um, i'm looking forward to you having some open culture performances on the podcast one of my very favorite things about running this podcast is when people find a way to incorporate the name into the <laughs> comments. So, Guy, if I had gold stars to give out, you would have one right now. Uh, that's uh, what I came here for. <laughs> socially distanced gold stars all around. Uh, thanks, guys. I, I mean, it. you all are doing excellent work, and it's uh, everyone in indie theater should be grateful. I know I am. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you, Robbie, and thank you for all of the community that made calls when we asked you to and that signed letters and wrote emails. I cannot wait to see what all of you make this summer. Heck yeah. Thank you, Amy and Guy, for all your work and advocacy to make open culture a reality, along with all the other work you're doing on behalf of the indie theater community via Lit. We said it in the interview, but again, head to litny.org to get more information on the open culture program, as well as all of Lit's other initiatives at the moment, and if you yes, you listening to this are not yet a member, you really should join. There's no fee. There's no commitment. You're simply saying that you support Lit's efforts to advocate for indie theater and at the same time getting yourself on the mailing list to learn not just about advocacy activities, but also beneficial programs for you and your theater company now and even more so once we're back to making things in person together again. 
Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please give it a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert Gagneau. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagneau, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, I can't wait to go see a show. Woohoo! Well done, y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.